Hi, guys, and welcome back to Motor Up Sports. We got Grant Fogel back on today. Say what up, Grant. What's going on? What it do? So today we're going to be just covering Michigan-Michigan State football. Short, simple episode recapping last week's game. So I'm going to jump right into it, and I want to start with Cade McNamara's comments. So basically a reporter asked Cade about the job, and he said it was unusual, it was unexpected, and he thought he was in the right position, but they obviously split it down the middle. I don't think he was necessarily wrong for saying it, but you cannot say that and play that bad of a game. You lose all credibility. You completed 50% of your passes against Colorado State. You can't sit there and make that. And if you're a teammate of his and he says something like that, you're like, why the fuck would you say that in public? Like, I, I want and, you to piggyback off that, Grant. But I want, I'm wondering what your thoughts are about that press conference. And he, I agree. It's strange, but honestly, I, I can understand the thought process because I, too, actually did have a similar thought when it was announced where I'm like, this is a surprising I believe surprise was the term Cade used was kind of a surprising call by Jim Harbaugh to be like, okay, this is my guy week one and here's my guy week two and we'll decide afterwards. Um, so I think if Cade had said this quote two weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago when Jim Harbaugh had announced that, I think that's a natural raw reaction and it's not, that wouldn't be uh like a low quality teammate move because it's just maybe he did think he had the starting job locked in he just brought him to a college playoff beat ohio state in the big 10 championship i can see how there is a level of su surprise but not now not after a game in which you struggled not in a game that which you were at most a game manager at most a game manager they steamrolled colorado state more or less as i predicted and as you state haters were praying on their downfall, but I'm an unbiased guy. I don't pick here or there. I call it how I see it. And I don't like, I don't like Kate's remarks. I don't like his comments. No, I think they were pretty stupid. I thought like if you're a teammate of his and you said something like that after playing a game that bad, I'm looking at you like you're a clown in the locker room. Like, why would you, why would you ever say that? Because that's something like a high schooler would say to the press. That's something when a high schooler doesn't get his play time for some reason, that's something he would say to the press. You're a junior quarterback who just led your team to college football playoffs, and you're the leader of the team. You don't say that to the public. You're the captain. You don't say that to the public. And I want to move on to this now is J.J. We saw J.J. He's the starter. He's clearly the starter. And I said from the beginning of this offseason, I said, Kate's the starter until he proves me wrong. Well, he proved me wrong. He proved me really wrong yesterday or sorry Saturday and I think I'm gonna have to potentially eat my word saying that guy's a bust but I'm not ready to make a statement of this guy is going to be a Michigan great this guy is like the next big thing here because it was just Colorado State I want to see him against a Big Ten defense look I think he was phenomenal I think he's won the job I see all the potential I see greatness in the guy and he showed you the gun you don't want to jump the gun I think J.J. McCarthy had one good drive. He had a flashy running touchdown. It was a good look, a good appearance by him. Right. But really, you yeah. know, I think you, you might end up eating those words, too, saying that J.J. is the for sure starter because J.J. might come out week two against Hawaii, a little bit better of a team in Colorado State, and he may struggle. He may also – I'm sure Michigan will heavily rely on the run game like they did in this past game. But I think it's not all said and done. I do not believe the fat lady is singing, but not a good look for Kate. 
not a great game for him. No, and I agree. And I think that JJ, as long as he sits there and plays a stellar game against Hawaii, he doesn't need to light it up. Plays a stellar game, that's his job. It is his job to lose now. And I think that he's the starter week three and going on the rest of the season. But I don't think Michigan would have any problem if JJ's playing a bad game, just putting Kate right back in there. Like that's the thing that Michigan has going for them right now is they have to start stability. I think they'll have all season where they went to it last year where they were going to the dual threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, more or less that you pretty much. Yeah. Where you had two different guys. You had to watch film on both. You had to watch film on both. And honestly, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I might continue to play that to my benefit. Make teams watch film on two different guys. Of course, uh, the, the similar play calling when both guys are in, but they're running different play styles. Uh, we saw a couple op- or we saw the one option play with JJ, which was good. They're not running the same running back options with Kate. They're going to be dumping it off. They're going to be calling it from the shotgun. But I, um, I think JJ. Cade, I'll tell you, I think Michigan is still in a better quarterback position than Michigan State is right now. I'm going to disagree with that completely. I think that, yes, Michigan has two really solid quarterbacks. But at the same time, I think that Payne Thorne has already proven himself. Granted, this last game was absolutely pathetic showing from him. And I hope this is just a one-time thing that he plays a bad game and then the next game he's just back to regular Payne Thorne. But Payne Thorne's a more proven quarterback than either of them, which is why I would take Payne Thorne right now over both of them. I, uh, you're a smart man. You use the word proven, and that that's a hard one to argue with. But you're telling me, honestly, that you would rather have Peyton Thorne at this point over yeah. Cade slash JJ, where you get both. This is a package deal. You're going to get two for the price of one, and you're still going to take Peyton Thorne. Correct. Because – it's really hard right now, I feel like, if you're Michigan's offense, get a cohesive unit with Kate and JJ. You're, you're practicing two guys on the first first team in, in practice. That's hard to build a lot of chemistry. Granted, JJ's probably going to be a guy taking the first string snaps the rest of the year, more than likely. So that's where I think that Cade, he's just going to be a backup the rest of the season. Shit, I wouldn't even be shocked if he just left, got up and left too because we, we've seen it. Some guys are just leaving their schools when they're not starting anymore. And I want to get to that. But I think that the thing about Cade and the thing about JJ is is that there's no cohesive unit yet. And right now with Michigan State football, Payne Thorne is your set starter. You know Payne Thorne's a starter. He played with the same core last year, same receivers as last year, similar tight end situation. I'm taking Payne Thorne right now on, a, on his offense, and I'm taking J.J. McCarthy. And, Ken, I think the weeks to come, I think, will prove you wrong. I am, I really am not – I think it is funny how I've probably come across so far on this podcast about very Michigan-heavy, mm-hmm. very Michigan-heavy. But for the most part, my unbiased – or my bias is not there. Right? I have the lack of bias, which right. is unbiased. And I still – I don't know. Michigan State really struggled – Peyton Thorne struggled to Western Michigan, which credit to Western Michigan, they played a phenomenal game, mm-hmm. phenomenal game. But the, the defensive pressure, he was not looking good, sitting back in the pocket, and he had defensive ends coming at him, and they were blitzing the backs. And bad decision-making when the pressure was on. This is what I'll say about that game. And I'll just start right away with Peyton Thorne. If Thorne completes those deep balls, which he missed a ton of them that game, 
And Keon Coleman was beating dudes out by five yards. Jane Reeves beating guys out by five yards, and he was just missing them by 10 yards. So when you tell me that Peyton Thorne will play another game like that the rest of the season, if he does that again, I'm very worried next week. If he does this against Akron. Because then I'm sitting there, I'm like, shit, this team might not be good. But Not to bounce back too far to Michigan, but if you think about the credit of the receivers to how they make their quarterback look better, I would say Michigan State makes – and those receivers make Peyton Thorne look better than the Michigan receivers make Caden J.J. look. Like Caden J.J. or Caden J.J., I think Peyton Thorne thus far in his career has been helped out by great receiving core, uh, one of the best running backs of all college football last year. I think – I don't know. Things might change. Good couple flashes in the run game, but they were pass heavy and it showed and it didn't look great. Right. And I, I, I see exactly where you're coming from, but at the same time, that old line is just awful. And I'm going to move on. What stood out for the Michigan State game and are you worried? And I'll start. I am not worried at all. If you look at how Michigan State has opened up their seasons in the past, they open up the season horrible every year. 2015, when they went to the playoffs, they opened up the season playing Western and they beat them by 13. I'm not saying this team is 2015 Michigan State. Trust me, they're not. But if you tell me that this one game where everybody's new, transfers are getting thrown in the fire, you have freshmen playing, everybody's trying to learn to play with each other right now. The defense, it really showed, the defense really showed up. The Brandon Jordan effect is real. You saw the front seven yesterday. Look at the front seven last year. It is night and day compared to what they were last year. If, if you watch, every time they got to the Western Michigan quarterback, they were swiping at that ball trying to pick a fumble. Every single play. That's an NFL thing. A lot of college players don't do that. And then you also got to look at Jacoby Winman, one player of the week. And that You saw what he did at linebacker. He's the best linebacker we've, we've had in years. Cal Halliday looks pretty damn good. So I like Van Sumeren, and I like Chris Bogle a lot. I really like the front seven at Michigan State. The Brandon Jordan effect is exactly what it was advertised. The front seven will continue to get better throughout the season. It could be one of the best front sevens by the end of the season. I would not be shocked. I don't think that's too high of a take to make. The secondary, that's a whole different story, especially now that uh, Xavier's hurt, now that Snow's done for the rest of the season. They were fine, honestly. They were fine until they both went down hurt. And now we're back to the same situation again where the secondary's hurt. You're throwing in guys like Chester Kimbrough. You're throwing in guys who shouldn't be touching the field. And that's where I'm nervous with the Michigan State defense. The front seven is fucking phenomenal. The secondary is as bad as it can be. And I want I want to hear your opinion on the defense so far. What's your I thought? Think, well, I think the defense, yes. The defense, like you said, looks great. Those front seven guys, they're big, they're strong, they're brutes, they're mean. And one thing that does really concern me, it's less on the defensive end. Uh, it's on the offensive end. This Michigan State offense, and I think it was the case last year, but they had someone in the K-9 unit helping them on their side where they live and die by the big play. Last year, they were able to hand it off to Kenneth Walker, and he was able to make that big play when you needed it, and they were plenty of them last year. Those three touchdowns and on, Saturday, on Friday night's game were all big plays, which I think when, when they hit, they're in your favor. You always take a big play. But if those big plays do not hit, 
Are they going to be able to tie together seven, eight, nine play drives, go down, score, and get six points? I don't know. Then that's the big question mark. Look, Jalen Berger looks serviceable. It looked like he'll be a solid back. Like, I don't think the guy will be remotely close to what Kenneth Walker's production was last year. It's not going to be there. But what I can tell you is the guy can damn well be a Josh Langford type guy where he'll end up just being a solid back, probably work his way to the NFL. You got to also look at the line he's working with. Kenneth Walker was really good at creating his own holes. The line wasn't giving Berger much outside of the one that he broke at the end. Broussard and Berger are serviceable. They're not guys that are going to light up your stat sheet. They're not guys that are going to be Heisman Trophy candidates. But those two guys right there, they're serviceable. If Thorne can get going, the receiving core is probably the second best in the Big Ten. If you're talking about top heavy, I'll say. Top heavy, top heavy, they're the second best receiving core in the Big Ten. Michigan's and I disagree. Michigan is the deepest in the nation. There's no deeper receiving core but they don't have the most talent. What to you is the difference between deep being deep and not having the most talent? Ronnie Bell is not a better receiver than Jaden Reed. Andrew Anthony and Roman Wilson are not as good receivers as Keon Coleman and Jaden Reed and Trey Mosley. Yeah. You could put them probably right. You could probably put them all. Actually, I'll, I'll take that back. You can put all of Michigan receivers at the same level as Keon Coleman and Trey Mosley. They don't have that Jaden Reed. They don't have that guy who's going to make the big play at the end of a game. We'll see. Maybe Ryan Bell becomes that guy again. We only saw one couple possessions of him. We saw Michigan through 15 receivers. Michigan State through to like six, seven. So it's all like, we'll see how this all pans out. Michigan needs to figure out a few receivers. And I think it's a good issue like Michigan has. You have seven receivers. They play. Now, what's the bad? What's the bad issue Michigan has? What? Let's break down what was going on at Michigan Twitter. What were these folks saying? So this is what I was pissed off about. I was pissed off not because I'm a Michigan State fan, but I think it's kind of pathetic that your fan base is going on You're Twitter. Slappy. The term is a slappy. You're a state slappy. No, but I think like K McNamara. He just led Michigan to their best season in 25 years, and I get it. He's not the reason or at least the main reason to get them there. But for these fans, and I'm not referring to the 5% of the Michigan fan base actually went to the school, because that's not the issue there. It's the rest of them. You won't go on Twitter. They were treating this guy like he was Stephen Threat, bro. I mean, they were treating this guy like he sucked. And yeah, he played a horrible game. But he's not like a horrible quarterback. The guy just is, is a game manager. He's no Denard Robinson. J.J. McCarthy's your Denard Robinson. But the fact that they were going on Twitter and just making the guy look like a complete jackass blows my mind. If I was him, I would just leave right now and just say, fuck all the Michigan fans. Fuck this. I'm not the starter anymore. I'm gone. I would have been a teammate. I would have said, I am not, do not open up Twitter. That's exactly what I would have told Gate if I was one of his teammates. Because it was bad. I mean, some yeah. of the that were saying it's it was his teammates bad. or if his family or you're right. There's got to be someone that tells him, hey, don't check it out. You're just gonna you're gonna be upset. You're gonna be upset. And I wonder, are college athletes still too young to have that maturity to put the phone down and be like, no, I don't want to see everyone trash on me. And yet they they let them have it. They let them have it. But it's also talk is talk. Twitter is just Twitter. I I think, I think honestly, even some of our formulated opinions of 
is he going to be benched? Is he, is JJ really going to be the guy? I think a lot of that really gets stirred up over Twitter. I think we'll be surprised to see, but also Cade kind of had it coming with those remarks. You know what I mean? I think that fueled a certain fire under Michigan fans, whether they went to Michigan or not, that's up to you and them to decide. You seem to be catching people who aren't, aren't going to Michigan, but are Michigan fans. So this is what I will say. Michigan fans that did not go to Michigan are not Michigan fans. Same thing with Ohio State fans. The truck drivers that were Ohio State fans are not actually Ohio State fans. The people all around the country that are Bama fans, they're not actually Bama fans. You're a fan, the school that you went to. That's it. End of the story. You, you went to Michigan, you're a Michigan fan. You went to Michigan State, you're a Michigan State fan. If your family went to a different school, you're that school. There should be no switching over. There shouldn't be any of this, like, I I went to Alabama. But you're, I, born, you're born the way you're born. Exactly. Or you go to the school like me, and you become the fan of the school that you go to. And that's, you know, a lot of Michigan State fans. And why do. try to change the science? Right. 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 That's the thing. It's not the students. And I, I think it was well before he even said that on Twitter or said it in the press conference. I think those comments – we're literally all there during the game. The press conference happened. Whatever happened there happened. But I felt like during the game, that's when the tweets were really the worst. Formulated their opinions. Yeah, I think it was – I mean, I think it was quick to tell, though, that he was not He was not throwing tight balls. Oh. He was not making great reads on the coverages. I think – I don't know. We'll see. I think what will be interesting to watch, maybe I, not to be a Debbie Downer, who's going to be a bigger disappointment? Cade or Peyton Thorne? I think JJ, I'll side with you. JJ's looking safe for now. JJ's safe for now. I agree. I think that JJ, the way he played, was probably exactly what Michigan fans thought he was going to be. He showed the greatness. I mean, this guy showed that he has a good arm and can he move. I mean, God. There was something I saw on Twitter today that is like he would have been like the fourth fastest quarterback right now in the NFL. That's kind of like crazy to me to see. Oh, he's got – I didn't know he had that type of speed. Yeah. I'm like, you're looking at a guy that you're going to have to watch the option every play. And on top of that, you got to watch the deep ball because Michigan's got the receivers to play deep ball. October 30th or October 31st, whatever it is. It's gonna 29. Be 29. I was off. Yeah. Give me a, what are you going to dress? Why? What are you going to wear? So I, I'm going to stay in East Lansing. It's, this could be my last year village experience, which is crazy. If they got a game beforehand, I don't mean to go too early to that, but I've been thinking about making funny shirts when I go to the bar for games. So um, some goofy or silly would be good. Is what I'm saying. I like. Oh yeah, play. I'm doing something goofy. I have something planned. You guys will see it on social media yeah. a week before. Oh, I have a perfect yeah. shirt made already. Oh, There's yeah. going to be a shirt for that week. I'm. I'll be probably at the rib watching it. So everyone at the rib will see it. Perfect. In other news, Riley Green on a hit streak right now. Oh, I know. I think it's surprising considering that stretch he went through in the middle of the season. That was just brutal. He couldn't hit a baseball for a month. And it was looking like he was in our Torkelson situation. Look, this is going to be my question for you because, you know, you want to talk about Tigers too. Going forward this season, what are you doing with Riley Green if you're the new GM? I'm going to – he's the centerpiece. He's more or less the guy – I don't – one guy is not enough. One guy is not enough, but I think he is a good 
foundation for the further bricks to come. I hope they, I hope there's a bunch of bricks above them. This is my opinion on Riley Green. You have to rebuild probably for the next five years because realistically speaking, Chris Illich will not spend. You and I both know that. Chris will not open up, and that's the way you fix his with the half billion. Like I've said in previous episodes. She best. You trade tor- you trade everybody away, but I think he's your guy that you build the entire thing around. I think that he's exactly what the Tigers needed out of him. And I think right now he's doing more than I expected out of him rookie season. He has exceeded my expectations the last couple of weeks. And I hope he keeps finishing the season on the strong note that you can come in the offseason, you can fix little tiny things to him. I mean, next season, the guy's laying it up. I just feel like if you trade Riley Green, you're looking at a guy who's going to be an all-star every single season and no prospect's going to make up for that. I think if we keep Riley Green, which the fan in me hopes for, I think we will look back, whether it's five years, six years, hopefully three or four, whenever this rebuild is over, Riley Green is still on this Detroit Tigers team. I think we will look back and say he might be the only lone bright spot during the Alavilla tenure. Yeah. Torkelson, not thrilled. Barely combat in AAA. Struggled while he's been in the majors. Mize with his Tommy John. Uh, Matt Manning's been no good. We've been through a stint of players that just have been disappointing prospects, highly rated prospects. That has been just garbage. Riley Green's going to break the curse, and I think he might be the only one to be around, and I hope he is. And I hope you're right. But we're watching, like, the Orioles right now. Look at what they're doing. I mean, they just called up all their prospects, and they're doing exactly what I was hoping the Tigers would do this year. You know, you look at Seattle. A lot of their guys are up. They're performing. The Dodgers, they're performing. The Rays. And even the Royals are bringing up guys. I know the Royals are still a struggling baseball team, but they have people in the farm system. The Cubs. They're not winning baseball games, but how their guys that are coming up are producing at a major league level. So that's where I'm upset is that all these teams that had the same exact timeline as the Tigers are doing exactly what the Tigers should be doing right now. I don't think that's anything that anybody can disagree with. The Orioles are doing exactly what I was hoping the Tigers would be doing right now, which is playing for a playoff spot. Whether Baltimore makes it or not, that's to be seen. If they do, it's the greatest story of the season. This team's playing like shit baseball. Like 12 games below 500 way early in the season. They turn it completely around when they recall Adley and the season's a completely different season. I make a money ball too. Honey ball too. They'll make a second money ball. Oh, I know. Dude, And they might go out there this offseason and sign a bunch of free agents. They have cheap ownership, so I don't know if they really will. Cheap, 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 cheap. But I think teams like Baltimore, Seattle, Atlanta, you go through all the teams that are winning right now. That's exactly where the Tigers should be. And it blows my mind how every single thing Alvila touched in his seven years in Detroit, each and every single one of them besides Riley Green went to shit. You know, and he went to my church too. He used to always touch the door handle. Dude, if I saw him in, in, a, in a service, bro, I'd, I'd boo him. I'd fucking boo him. I don't care. Ooh, ooh. It'd be, that'd be hilarious. There's, <laughs> no, be hilarious. there's no place that he's safe from being booed. What about his mother's funeral? Fuck, bro. I'm still booing him there. <laughs> he, he's my Ben Simmons of baseball. What about his funeral? Oh, fuck, bro. We booing and stomping oh, on that man. grave, bro. Man, the man is long and dead. The <laughs> man is long and dead. Let him have his peace. He's the Ben Simmons of Detroit. Dang. I'll go or, that far. He's worse than Ben Simmons. Or is he the Kwame Kilpatrick of Detroit? People still like Kwame in Detroit. Nobody likes Alville. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But I, you're right. Yeah, people still like Kwame. He's the worst thing since I Matt. love him. 
He's hilarious. Oh, he's he had, fucking hilarious. He had that one video where he goes, go Red Wings. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But, um, yep. he's, a, he's a crook, but yep. he's funny. Yep. I redact his thing. I like him. I redact it. Overall, We're on the same page about Kwame Kilpatrick, though. I'm glad we are, too. Because yes. a lot of people will be very unhappy when they hear that on your opinion. Our opinion is our opinion. But overall, the right, hashtag cancel motor up sports. Hashtag cancel motor up. That'd be a good way to get some traction, though. No, it, it wouldn't be, though. But your no. podcast got canceled before I got a bunch of listeners and then fucked it. Yeah. But I'm going to wrap up this episode now because we just pretty much approached 30 minutes. Thanks again, Grant, for coming on. Ken, it was a pleasure. Everyone, make sure you like and subscribe. Yes, make like, sure. subscribe, listen on all yeah. streaming services. We're on everywhere now. So keep downloading it. Keep listening on YouTube. Keep running up the views. Tell your friends. Keep keep yeah. this momentum going. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to conclude this episode. Back Wednesday, we're going to move into a lot of Lions talk Wednesday because we're approaching week one. So I'll see you guys Wednesday. <sighs>